0: Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu From the podcast team at Qalam We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas All from our new campus, alhamdulillah If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world Jazakum for listening Lahir Alhamdulillah Rahim, Alhamdullah. Alhamdullah, he wake up, was salam and alai badihin a stopper. Hosos and Allah say you did a sodi wa katamil and bea while Ali was habil Amabad. If a person poured pure, clean milk in a bowl, that milk would only remain pure as long as the bowl is clean and pure. If the bowl becomes tainted, no matter how pure that milk is, it will ultimately no longer be desirable. It'll lose its any sort of effect that it has on the person. If a person wants to be satiated from it, it won't satiate them anymore. Not it'll mess their stomach up, it'll make them sick. One very unique thing about Islam is that we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the heart of every human being gave them a pure soul, give them a clean, pure ruh. We don't believe in the concept that every human being is born in sin like other faiths do. That the essence of the human being is corrupted. There is no good in the human being. That's not what we believe. We believe that at the core of every human being is their ruh, and that it's absolutely pure and amazing. But the vessel that it is in, this qalb, this heart, it must be kept clean and pristine as well. If a person doesn't take care of their heart and they allow for impurities to get in there, if they don't clean their heart and allow all sorts of dirt to cling on to it, no matter how pure the soul is from within inside, it won't be able to impact the individual on the outside. The problem is that shaytan took an oath before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he was rejected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his arrogance and disobedience. In Surah Sad, verse number 82, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us the words of shaytan. قَالَ فَبِعِزَّتِكَ He took an oath by the honor of Allah and said, I will misguide all of them. However, he had to make an exception. إِلَّا عِبَادَكَ مِنْهُمُ الْمُخْلَصِينَ Except for those from them that are sincere. Keep it pure. They don't engage in dark, murky waters. They are sincere and pure for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When shaitan made this claim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then responds to him in verse number 84: That I speak only the truth to you. I will send all of you to the fire of hell. Every one of you, you and your ilk will all go to the fire of hell. Therefore, Shaitan now looks for avenues to sway the human being. To turn this human being away from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Now, within every human being, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala created something called the nafs. This word nafs is commonly translated in English as lower self. It is, for the most part, that force that pulls a person towards doing things that may be considered disobedience of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Not everything of the nafs is disobedience but it is very easily inclined towards this obedience and shaitan latches on to this and this is where he does his whispering in the quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in an nas bi Nas, Nas, min that we're seeking protection from allah from all of this this waswasa means to whisper shaitan whispers onto the human being and his path to the human being is through the nafs. Now, the nafs is that part of the human being that carries some traits that are very important for the human being. For example, the ulama point out by saying the two major traits that the nafs, the nafs consists of are anger and lust, Shahwa and ghadab. Shahwa includes both batan and faraj, that carnal passion and also just the passion of appetite. person wants to eat a lot. And then the second side is anger. The reality is that when these two are out of balance, the ulama point out, all other spiritual diseases then come into birth. So if you're looking for two things that you really need to control, and if you control these two, you actually have control over your nafs. And with time, the other illnesses will slowly become weaker and die away. It is lust and anger. This is why in Ramadan, we are told while fasting to not give in to any form of lust. And then Nabi ﷺ also tells us that if one of you gets into a confrontation while they're fasting, then he should say, فَلْيَقُلْ إِنِّي صَائِمٍ That I won't engage any further. I'm not going to fuel my anger because I am fasting. And fasting is a direct punch against my nafs to weaken it. Anger in itself is not a bad thing. And lust is also not a bad thing. Actually, both are absolutely necessary. They are both very much needed. But if they aren't controlled, then they run wild very easily. Some ulama compare it like a a camel or an animal that if you... Feed it right and you help it grow, it'll be healthy and strong, obedient. But if you let it run wild, or if you don't look after it, that very same animal that was supposed to serve you ends up hurting you and destroying you. This is what Allah Abu Sayyidina wrote in his qasida. In the second volume, in the second chapter, he writes, that the nafs of the human being, this lower self of the human being, is like an infant. The nafs is like a child, like an infant. منه, if you let it loose, it'll continue to nurse even though it's in an older age. When a mother is nursing her baby, she has to have a strategy of how to wean the child off. Otherwise, the child is ref- refuses, the child throws a fit, it cries. It gets really upset. In our context, many of us may understand this more in the idea of children who get hooked on to their, to their bottles. When the parents tell them it's time to migrate from a bottle to a cup, they say, no, I'm not going to drink. They'll protest. They'll throw a fit. They'll take the cup and throw it against the wall. He says, this is how the nafs is. nafsuka Like a child. In تُهْمِلْهُ If you let it loose, if you don't hold it accountable, and if you don't buckle down, ala hubr rida." It'll now reach an older age, and it's still nursing from the mother. In a very awkward, weird way, there are actually people in our community, in America, you find stories like this, where teenagers are still nursing. You can find stories like this on the news. Right? If you don't wean the person off, شابع However, in But if you wean the child off, it will wean off. And the same as the nafs. No matter how strong you think it is, when you stand up to it, and like a parent, when you tell your child, no means, no, we're not doing this. We don't use bad language in our home. We don't talk about obscene things. When you tell your child that you can't speak back to your parent and be disrespectful like this, and you make it policy, they listen. The same goes with the nafs. You have to tell it that I will not agree with your disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This aversion to worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not be tolerated. And you create policy and fasting is that policy, it's a discipline, it's you looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I won't give in. Allah has commanded me to stay hungry, I will stay hungry, that's the end of that. The nafs now slowly begins to let its guard down. And it falls into obedience, it falls into line. Therefore, Busayri also rahimahullah ta'ala says, فَخَالِفِ النَّفْسَ So continue to oppose shaytan and the nafs because they work hand in hand. This is the path, the door that shaytan takes to the heart of the human being. فَخَالِفِ النَّفْسَ Go against the nafs and the shaytan, both of them. وَإِنْهُمَا And even if they make it sound like they're being very sincere to you, If they make it seem like if shaitan says to you, No, I got your back. Trust me. This is what you need to do. And it's clearly a sin. Or the nafs is saying, Forget Fadr Salah. Allah ghufur Allah raheem. Forget it all. That's okay. Sleep in a little extra. They may present themselves as if they're being very sincere. Be very careful. Don't fall for their lies. They are expert liars. Shaitan is very delusional. And he is very good at deluding other people. Your job is to align with the sunnah of Rasulullah with revelation. Opposing your nafs, your lower self, and not giving in to your temptation. In the Qur'an, we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes reference to this word nafs in different ways. So sometimes the word nafs literally means a soul. A nafs of a nafs, one life for another life, in terms of retribution if a crime is committed. Similarly, we find the word nafs being referred to as the self, that a person's whole existence is called a nafs. But this nafs has also been used to refer to this this doorway that shaitan uses to come at the heart of the human being. The Qur'an categorizes nufus into three categories that there are three types of nafs that exist. This is an important discussion because it's an opportunity for us to engage in a brief self-evaluation. Where am I? The worst of these three is what was mentioned in Surah Yusuf. إِنَّ nafsala ammaratun Bisu. The first is that nafs, this is the weakest one. Weak in the sense that this nafs has not been tamed, it is a complete mess, there is no control over it, no discipline at all, it runs after its desires, it is in love with everything material, it has no interest in the Akhira, and is fully invested in this dunya. The result of this is Ammaratan Bissu, that it always tells you to do evil. It is constantly feeding those evil thoughts. When the thought comes to you, let's go to the masjid, They are different people. There is one group of people, when they think of going to the masjid, they're quite excited actually. I'm looking forward to this, this is going to be a break from the busy day. Another person thinks of going to the masjid, their dad says, let's go, and they're like, oh gosh, this again. And there's that third person, which eh, wherever we go, we'll go. You know, if we're going to the masjid, we'll go there. If we're going to the movies, we'll go there. It doesn't make a difference. That first group of people, Allah refers to that type of nafs as that it's constantly telling people to do evil. The second one is what we call La وَلَا This is that nafs of the human being, that lower self of the human being, that feels pain every time it disobeys Allah. It holds a person accountable. It almost makes them regret it. That a person sins, then after that they feel the weight of the sin. Someone looks at something haram, and then they say, أَسْطَفْرَ I shouldn't have done that. A person gets angry at someone, they lose it. They get angry at their spouse, their child, a coworker, and then a few moments later they say, I shouldn't have done that. Right? They feel the guilt. This feeling in reality is the first step to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's the first step. You have to feel. Sometimes the regret of the sinner is more beloved to Allah than the arrogance of the worshiper. It all starts with that first droplet of regret and remorse. That I shouldn't have done that. I disobeyed Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows, I need to repent to Allah, turn back to Allah. Then the third, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to in Surah Al-Fajr, Ya ayyatuhannafsul Nafsul This is the content soul. A soul that is content in Allah's worship, it is happy there. It feels very comfortable when it's in the masjid. When it's in sajda, it feels at home. When it's reading Quran, it feels being nourished. When it sees the awliya of Allah, it is inspired and excited. When it sees the Kaaba and goes to Medina, there is a joy and there's this happiness, an inclination there because this nafs once more. This is of that person who has ran a tight shift on their nafs. They're holding it tight. They're holding it accountable. They're constantly working on it, not letting their temptations or anger get out of line. This is where we all wish to be Inshallah. I'm going to close today with a du'a of Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam There is a lengthy du'a that the Prophet sallallahu wasallam would make That's narrated by Imam Muslim rahmatullahi in his sahih I'll share the du'a with you I won't translate it all because it's a little long But you can check it on your own and ideally memorize this du'a And make it a part of your daily routine The Prophet sallallahu wasallam would say اللهم إني أعوذ بك من العجز والكسل والبخل والهرام والعذاب القبر اللهم آتي نفسي تقوها وزكها أنت خير من anta أنت وليها wa Beautiful dua. I'm, honestly, there's a whole discussion just on the beauty of this dua. We continue. اللهم إني أعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع وَمِنْ قَلْبٍ لَا يخشع. And this is the part that I wanted to bring up. وَمِنْ nafsin la تَشْبَعَ Oh Allah, save me for a nafs that is never satiated. That just wants more and more and more and more. After one zina, the next zina, after one intoxication, the next intoxication. After one meal, another meal, it just wants more. After you finish the meal, the first thing you ask is, what's for dessert? chai When is the tea on its way? Just wants more, more, more. ومن دعوة لا يستجاب لها إن الله ساعدني من دعوة لا يستجاب لها إن الله ساعدني من دعوة لا يستجاب لها إن الله ساعدني من دعوة لا wa لها إن <laughs>